Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for joining us for another um, podcast and radio show episode. Some of you are listening uh, via radio. Some of you are via online on Facebook. So we are excited to have you on here today. Um, We have a very special guest that is joining us, and we are going to be talking about a topic that I believe that many people within the body and outside the body of Christ deal with without really even um, knowing that what they're dealing with. So we're going to be talking about breaking toxic strongholds. And our guest today, Tanya, uh, is what I consider an expert on this. Her journey is something uh, worth talking about, something worth, um, if you have pen, paper, for you to be taking notes. I think this is the time for you to take notes and really take inventory of some of your own issues within your life, some of the things that you find yourself dealing with. And so we're going to jump right on in. I'm going to let Tanya introduce herself. And here we go. Hi, everyone. Hi, Brianna. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for the opportunity. So yes, I'm, my name is Tani Renee. I just want to start there. And I always like to say that I am a mother. I am a sister. I am a aunt, a great aunt, a friend, and someone who loves the Lord. And, you know, just a little bit of background. I have been working in my community now for almost 10 years, something I'm very passionate about, and trauma. I work with children who are identified as trauma, and I've been doing that, like I said, for almost 10 years now. Also, before the pandemic, I facilitated workshops and work groups, working with women who struggle with self-esteem to break toxic strongholds, you know, by knowing their worth. And today, you know, after the pandemic, of course, you know, a lot changed since then. So now I'm pretty much taking everything to social media. I'm a podcaster now. I'm the host of Bound by uh, Divine Worth podcast. Um, Also, I am a first time published author. What's the name of your book? Tell Tell the people the name of your book. It's Eight Habits of a Virtuous Woman. Also, I'm a co author of. 2020 year of the awakening matters of the heart very powerful book by seven women um, that really just pretty much talk about how they ended up in a mentoring program so it's a very powerful both both books are really awesome and um, you know I'm here today just really to advance the kingdom of God that's what it's all about isn't it yes (laughs) yes so if you can I want you to dive into um your personal story about um when you had the uh aha that hey i need to get myself together that's how my verbiage you might use a different verbiage but mine was girl if you don't get your life together all the way together girl you you are heading down a path of destruction um so if you could just tell us about your story and what led you to even discovering about your toxic strongholds Ooh, yeah so I'm going to try to give as much highlights because I'm going to tell you this story can go on and on. <laughs> we are not going to do that. But yes, you know, I honestly, I lived a life that was just plagued by emotional insecurities that led me to being bound by toxic relationships, alcohol abuse, promiscuity. You know, my identity really just embodied a woman who was totally disconnected from her worth. You know, as a result, I ended up in two long-term unhealthy toxic relationships. You know, also during this time throughout the course of my life, you know, the drinking went from say three days a week to like seven days a week. And I honestly just did not foresee my life slowing down. 
you know, anytime soon because I was so embedded in this lifestyle. You know, I just really honestly lived a, a, a life of unworthiness. That was my identity. We don't, it's not a life you live on purpose. It's just a life you live, right? It's your normal. You understand? And I just believe that my environment over time growing up, you know, what I was exposed to gave it permission to exist. Mm-hmm. Those toxic strongholds. And all they did was they became more aggressive. Right right? In nature, because although you want better, you're not operating from better. Mm-hmm. You want to be secure, but you're operating from an insecure place, mm-hmm. right? And you're not reflecting on that. That was my life. I was not reflecting on that part of my life, mm-hmm. you know? And what I have to say though, is because of the choices I made, you know, brokenhearted, you know, suffering from my own circumstances growing up. I have to say that God is close to the brokenhearted. Yes. He really is. And I learned that in such a powerful, powerful way. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, that's how grace saved me. That's how it saved me. You know, because I don't think people truly understand the power of unconditional love. Mm-hmm. And this is what God showed me throughout my life because he never left me. He was always there. I just did not know it because I was too caught up in my pain and in my suffering and what made sense to me. Mm-hmm. 2013 is a year I will never forget. I'll never forget that year. A few events happened. I lost someone very dear to me, a loved one, very close to me, still impacted by that, you know, but you just learn to live and move on. Mm-hmm. Also, a relationship that I was in for quite some time just abruptly ended. And that had me so devastated that I was just inconsolable. You know, the emotional violation, the pain, it was just too much to bear. So that was a a pretty rough year for me. During that time, I would have a lot of emotional breakdowns, a lot of emotional breakdowns. I I was just in a dark place. That's all I can really say. And I remember one day I was watching the movie, 10 Commandments. And as I was watching this movie, I was having another breakdown, you know, mad at God, like, look at him, you know, telling Moses what to do. And Moses don't have a choice, but to do it. God just do what he want. I'm I'm just crying tears streaming down my eyes. I'm just upset. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget the very next day, my mother called me. And she said, 10, she calls me 10 for sure. She said, God has a message for you. Give me a call. So I called her back like, hey, what's going on? She said, and she, I I have to read the scripture. Exodus 14, 13. She said, what does that mean? And at first I was like, I don't know. But what it says is, and Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, mm-hmm. you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you mm-hmm. and you shall hold your peace. I didn't know what that meant for my life. I honestly, you have to understand, I was caught up in my cycle, right? But God was prophetically, he already went ahead of me. I'm thinking about Deuteronomy 31 and 8. The Lord goes before you. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. because he's with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Mm -hmm. My life continued in that vicious cycle afterwards. I actually ended up back in that same relationship because I couldn't let go. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm getting older, I'm fearing being alone. So I'm just tolerating being in this relationship. And mind you, in this relationship, he had a whole other woman. He's traveling with her and everything. I became his convenience. I tolerated it, mm -hmm. you know, but it was all a part of my identity. Five years later, I'll never forget February, 2018. I wanted to start going back to church and trying to get right with God. You know, it was a struggle the whole time. It was really a struggle. February, 2018, I got saved. I rededicated my life to the Lord, but something, but now I know it was the Holy Spirit because tears, I became emotional. I'm like, what is going on? But I knew that day I had to get saved. I knew that day I had to rededicate my life to God. And I felt it in my spirit. It was a yearning, like you have to get saved. This is just, you have to get saved today. Today is the day. It's the season. It's the time, you know? And I did it and I knew what I did. It was confirmed in my spirit that this is what you have to do. So from that day forward, it was still a struggle. I was still fornicating. I, I'm going to be honest. I'm being honest here. You know, everything. And I think transparency, and that's what we're all about is being transparent. When you can't be honest about your story, there is a problem that to me, that lets me know that you're not ready. Mm, amen. Yes. Yes. So yes, yes. And it just, it continued. And um, although I tried, you know, I did, I, I, I tried. It's not that I did not try. The habit and the strongholds were there. They kicked in, they were aggressive, you understand? So here come, you know, 2019 rolls around. And this year, that year of 2019 is another year I'll never forget. Few things happened in that year, but that was also the year that my life would shift. That was also the year God would show up. Mm -hmm. That was the year he would manifest what was already done in heaven. Mm -hmm. I began, my lifestyle began to catch up to me. To the point, I started experiencing these tormenting anxieties. Mm -hmm. They were uncontrollable, especially if I had a night of drinking and, you know, you know fornicating and, just the convictions. It was like these tormenting anxieties and convictions that would not leave, but they eventually graduated to full-blown anxiety attacks. Before I moved forward, I went to a, a cohort. It was a cohort ceremony. Mm -hmm. I saw the flyer on the social media page and I said, I'm going to go. You know, because I did want something different. It's not that I didn't want God. You know, it was just my lifestyle was just, it was aggressive. It was where it was. It was habitual. The strongholds were there, you know? So I went to this cohort ceremony. It was at a church. I didn't know anyone there. But a month before that, I actually volunteered for a conference. Someone I did not know, I reached out to. And, um, and, you know, kind of went from there, you know, I volunteered and I really loved it. You know, it was a, a, a church conference it was so awesome, you know? And so, you know, going back to that, that cohort ceremony, the women that were there were some of the women that was actually at that conference. I said, wow, okay, look at this, you know, I didn't think too much of it, but it was like, wow, you know, nothing is by accident or coincidence, you, wow. you know? 
So it ended up turning into a deliverance service. Women needed to be set free. They started crying out, manifestations, everything. So I'm like, uh-oh, what's going on? You know, I mean, I'm used to it, of course, but I'm like, oh boy, what's good? You can feel something thick in the air. You can feel something thick. And I'm just a mess. You know, I'm pretty sure, I think I'm pretty sure I had a little night of drinking. You know, I'm a mess. I'm a mess. <laughs> and the pastor picks up the microphone and she says, speak as the Lord speaks. I stood there and I said, he's not talking to me. I did, I sure did. <laughs> Less than a minute or two later, something brushed by me. Hmm. I said, what? Oh my God, oh my God. I feel the spirit of release. All of a sudden, I began wailing, crying while speaking in heavenly language. I was, it was beyond my understanding, my capacity and my control. Mm-hmm an indescribable feeling, but I knew the power of God had hit me too (laughs) in that moment. And fast forwarding, two months later, Christmas day, I had a major, you know, like the grandma, like the seizure type of anxiety attack. It was worse than the other two that I previously had. It was so bad. I was mute. I could not speak. Mm -hmm. I honestly didn't know whether I was going to live or die that day. All I can do while tears were streaming down my eyes was cry and say, Lord, please don't let a tragedy happen on this day. I couldn't speak, but my heart was just crying out, crying out as tears were streaming down my eyes. And then all of a sudden, it was different from the other two. It was indescribable. It was like an implosion. And I was like, am I about to die? What's going on here? You understand? Because it was different from the other two. The other two would slowly come down. This one did something different. Mm. It was like a huge implosion. Like something was just dropping off my entire being. As if it never happened. But I knew that day something had to change. I knew it. That was the day I started to run for my life. Mm -hmm. And mind you, before that happened, that relationship I was in, he had violated me like three times. Something died in me. What allowed, what made you, when he violated you the first time, what made you go back? I think it it really goes back to not knowing my worth. It really goes back to, you'd be so surprised what keeps women in relationships. You know, that fear of being alone. He's the only one that wants me. Um, And then you try to not make it look like it's so bad. Mm -hmm. You try to convince your, you try to talk yourself out of it. Yes. Um, I want to stop you before you can continue on with your story, because I think it's very important for other women to realize that 
you know, before you got to be the grown Tanya, there, there was a little girl that had to go through something in her life to make her lose her self-worth, to make her feel the way that she felt, to make her make the choices and decisions that she made once grown. Mm-hmm. So if you don't mind, and if you do, if it's too sensitive, you don't have to go there. But can you remember a time when you were younger that made you feel, okay, this is all I'm worth. I don't deserve anything better than this. What I can say is daddy issues. I had daddy issues. Mm-hmm. You know, um, now, you know, that I'm older, he has, you know, I have two other sisters, but he was married to their to their mother, you know? He was not married to my mother. I don't know how that came about, but I came about. You understand? So his commitment was to them. His commitment was not to me. So, you know, he would disappoint me a lot. And I didn't feel important. I didn't feel loved. I I felt insignificant. Yeah. And I don't want you to go any further because I can, uh, as, as, if you were sitting in my office, I would tell you to, <laughs> to dig, but we're not, this is not the place. Exactly. So, um, yeah. But I just wanted women to, to hear this because there is something that always happens before this other stuff. Um, and so a father, I, I just did a show not too long ago with a um, really good friend of mine talking about losing a father. We were talking about the actual death, but you, when you don't have, when you have a father that is absent, so you, you took your life and really you just took everything you learned from a child, what you saw your mom deal with, what you saw her put yes. up with, yes. and the, the insecurities that you felt, all of that grew up with you. Yes. And so now here it is. It's a it's grown, just as grown as you are. And so you're coping with life with this toxic, um, um, uh, I say toxic juice or toxic learning, toxic behavior um, that has now become a stronghold and um, doesn't want to let you go. So here it is. This is how you're here. So I want people to understand because what I don't like is to have people to blame the victim. You're not to blame. for going back to the abuse that you suffered. It was all you knew. That's That's how you knew how to cope with life. That's how you felt. Even though there was a small part that said, this is not love. There was a bigger part that said, this is all I deserve. This is all I, 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 this is all I can get in my life. So I want people to realize that's why I stopped you because I want people to get a a greater understanding because I don't like victim shaming and I don't (laughs) like victim um, blaming. So yes. thank you for doing that for me. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Everything is rooted in something. <laughs> it, is. it is. Everything is rooted in something. But yes, but um, January 1st, 2020, because actually the pastor said one more thing. She gave a warning that day. She said, you have until December 31st basically to get rid of all that baggage, all that mess in that old lifestyle. She was prophetically speaking. And I knew she was speaking to me because January 1st, 2020, I severed that relationship that day I was done. And I went running for my life. But you know, the beauty of that, God saw it seven years before. That's why he said on today, and I will fight for you. Mm-hmm. 
He saw it. It just took time to manifest itself on the earth. If that's not love, I don't know what is. Yeah, yeah. And you know, God deals with timing. Timing is everything with God. Yes. He had to do it when he knew that there was going to be no way that you would ever even look back. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> season. Everything. Yeah, you're right. Timing and season is everything. And I knew it was a divine appointment over my head. And I just thank God that I was obedient to it. You know, and I just think him, and like I said, it was still a journey after that. It didn't just stop because although I severed that relationship, I went through a long state of depression. I had to go through detox. It was like rehab, you know, <laughs> I was in rehab, you know? So it's, it's real, you know, people believe that once you go running for your life, that everything is just just gonna fall into place oh no it's a process you just made a decision the most powerful thing that he has given us is free will mm-hmm. i made a decision and it went from there you made a decision to save your life yes he chose you a lot of times people don't choose them. When they think they're choosing them, they're not choosing them. Exactly. They're choosing their, the flesh to appease, to, to so they don't have to go through, as you called it, withdrawals, because mm-hmm. it does hurt. It's exactly. hurt not to be able to cope the way I used to cope. Mm. It hurts. It hurts to know that now I have to sit with myself and I've never sat with myself. Mm. Yeah. It hurts to realize, hey, I've wasted this time, Lord. How could you ever use me? Lord, how can you love me? It's, yes. Yeah. These are things, that, and, and it's, it's all a part of the process, as you said, it's because cause it's healing. Because yeah. God wants to show you why. Mm. You ain't no worse than nobody else, baby. That's right. I knew what you were going to do for you. knew what you was going to do. Yes. That's why I said I went before you. That's right. Amen. Amen. And, you know, for me, you know, breaking the toxic strongholds, that's also an ongoing process. But I'm going to tell you, a major thing is forgiveness. You have to work on forgiveness. The only way you are carrying that unrepentant, I call it, I just tell it what it is, is unrepentant. The heart is unrepentant. It's unhealed. Why? Because it's unforgiving. It can't let go of the pain. So it chooses to bond and connect with it and walk in it and serve and operate from that place. And that's what happened. That's what I did. I complained even after God was delivering me. How could he do this to me? How could he this? How could he that? God clearly said, you were willing to tolerate it. As in other words, you're going to take responsibility for this. Mm-hmm. You are going to take responsibility. But see, I was strong enough to take it then. Even though it did still was a gut puncher, you know, I was strong enough to take it. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, dear God, I was willing to tolerate that. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that is so good. Because I can remember when I um, left a relationship and that forgiving piece. And the hardest person to forgive is yourself. Yes. Realize that you played a part in this. And nobody held a gun to my head. Nobody (laughs) made me do anything. I was a willing participant in it. And so it was funny because um, my leader at the time, 
told me you need to go ask that man to forgive you who whoa wow who? yeah <laughs> man the one put me through hell and high water who yes <laughs> but i did it for me yes, <laughs> i did it right. once i got over that initial shock of you're telling me and so and it was so true because i and i can remember the first time i did it because i had to do it several times so i told him i went and i said i want to tell you i want to ask you to forgive me yes i said because i stayed in something that i knew and i knew who you were from the very beginning and i chose to stay so please forgive me for every thought for every word i've said for every action i've taken trying to get back at you forgive me that's right amen Yes. And then forgive yourself. Like you said, you have to forgive yourself. You have to forgive the person. It's an ongoing process. And what's really important is that's why your line of work is so important, right? Therapy. I believe in Jesus and I believe in therapy because you have to unpack that stuff. You do. It go hand in hand. Really. It does. Yes, it really does. You have to unpack it or else you're going to carry it. You're going to serve from that place. You're going to operate from it. Mm -hmm. And so many people in the pulpit are operating from a very toxic, broken, unhealthy, unhealed place. Mm -hmm. And they are mean. It's not anointed. You're not anointed. You're yelling and screaming and you're mean. Mm. There's no power. Power does not mean that you have to yell from the pulpit. Mm. Power does not mean people have to be knocked down. Power is love. Yes, it is. Yes. Yes, the ministry of love. That's right. And, and deliverance. Mm -hmm. You know, God delivered me. He delivered me. The power of deliverance is, I'm telling you, it's amazing. It is amazing. You know, so I, I do believe in deliverance. We need to be delivered. Oh, yeah. It, I think it's a daily thing because sometimes <laughs> deliverance looks different. Uh, many people, um, they, they have one, one picture of deliverance and that's being at the altar and purging and getting the root of things out that way. Sometimes, like you said, deliverance means I'm going to counseling and I'm processing this stuff. Yes. I'm processing it. Sometimes deliverance means that, um, I have to put up boundaries. Mm. Yeah. You know, in church, they don't really teach about healthy boundaries mm -hmm. it's all right to have them it's all right to have them. that mean that's a part of my deliverance is that i have these healthy boundaries because i will not allow you to cross this boundary where you are now with your toxic self because we have toxic people that we sit beside every sunday <laughs> so my 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 boundary means that when we leave this um building we don't have to communicate is nowhere in the bible that says i got to communicate with you <laughs> after this service mm -hmm. or family members i don't have to fool with you if every time you come near me you hurt me mm -hmm. that's my deliverance my deliverance is the power of me telling you no that's right that's deliverance so deliverance can look and so it, it can look different for, for different people. You know, it's not always about me going to the altar and somebody laying hands on me. Sometimes Jesus laid his hands on me while I was sleeping at night. <laughs> he came whispered in my ear and said, baby girl, I need you to get up. I need you to stop having um, Tommy to stop calling your phone because every time he call your phone, he's calling you with some negative stuff and it's sending you to a whole nother level mm -hmm. of anger, disappointment, 
you know, sadness, depression. So I need you to cut it off. Sometimes, and the Bible tells us to, sometimes you have to resist the enemy. And like you did, you got to flee. You got to run for your life. Yes. That's my deliverance. Right. Going running. <laughs> yes, running. that's right. Submit, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Yes, and what I hear from you is those toxic and, and fruitless relationships. And toxic because you tend to also attract that yeah yeah because that's what you whatever you tolerate spiritually and naturally is what you gonna it's what you're gonna attract period exactly. because you're the fruit of your lips mm. is gonna speak that mess mm. if i'm gonna be if we're gonna be iron sharpening iron you gotta make sure you are with somebody who's speaking the life-filled words the word of god and not folk who's speaking nothing but worldly, carnal, acting like an Israelite just got delivered from uh, Egypt, and yeah. now you don't like this manner, you want more, and you complain. I don't. I, hmm. I have been. Uh, I have. I have grown from that level, and because I've grown from that level, I'm out the wilderness. I'm not there anymore, and so I got. I'm gonna keep my. I'm gonna stay delivered. I ain't gonna revert back. So in order for me to stay delivered, I have to hang out now with those who are like-minded or higher-minded, people who are going where I'm trying to go so that I can continue to elevate and go from glory to glory. Mm, yeah. So I can't, so, so forgive me if I can't hang out with you anymore or I can't hold these conversations with you anymore. I'm not there anymore. I don't think I'm better than you. I'm praying that you get to where I'm at. That's right. That's right. Amos three and three. Right? Can two walk together unless they be agreed? Right. And there's and some things you have to come out of agreement with. That's right. That's right. Because whatever happens based off your decision is still your fault because you decided to come into agreement with them. Yes. And they're complaining, they're murmuring, and they're mm. constant. I still want to stay in this cycle. Something that you know you had to fight your behind off to get out of. I'm going to get back on the hamster wheel with you. The devil is a lie. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yes, that is so important. You have to be so intentional about, um, you know, wanting, you know, wanting that change. I mean, now for me, I had to be brought to that place, though. You know, I had to be brought to that place, to that wilderness, to that desert to really want that change. I had to be stripped, mm -hmm. you know, and, and be empty and have nothing left to give. And when I in, in the field that I work in, when I'm talking to women, you know, I listen to them. And what I listen for is, are you really tired? Because you can't receive if you're not tired. You're, you're not, you're not ready. You're going to go back. You're going to go back. Are you just venting just to drop off a load, right? To refill yourself back with the same garbage. Mm -hmm. You understand? I listen for that. And that's one of the things I, one of the things I always, always say to the women that I work with, you're not ready. Let me know when you're ready. You have to be ready for change. And a lot of times it takes you just being stripped of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Something that uh, the, human, the, the human concept of being stripped of everything is something that we don't want. Because then I have to really look at me. Yes. Who are you? 
Who are you without the, the men? Who are you without the fancy clothes? Who are you without the makeup? Who are you without all this stuff that you have taken and covered yourself up with? Trying to hide the pain or trying to cope with the pain on the inside. Who are you? That's a very vulnerable place to be. That is a very, very vulnerable place to be. Yes, because you have to, you have to unlearn now to relearn something so new, you know, identity. What is your identity connected to at the end of the day? Mm-hmm. I had to disconnect from the unworthiness to connect, but I had to show up for it. I had to show up to God because see, it was already established in him, mm-hmm. you know, but I had to take up my cross and follow him. And that's really what it was about at the end of the day. Like, I've been waiting for you. I never left you. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, yeah. So, you know, it's still a work in progress in breaking toxic strongholds. I journal. Journaling is very good because you'll be surprised of the thoughts that's still in your head, right? That is still toxic, that still needs to be broken, oh, you know? Gosh. Thinking, thinking. You're, you're yes. Thinking. <laughs> yes you'll be so surprised when you start writing it on paper and shaking it like wow my thoughts are still trying to corrupt me you know my identity you know because when you've lived that life for so long it just doesn't immediately erase itself because now it's your familiar you got to be careful with your familiar because it will show up even when you think something new is happening in your life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's always going to find a way to show up yeah And I always think about that new thing. I said, that new thing with God is totally different from what you believe that it is. Mm -hmm. It's totally different. Mm -hmm. Because when he show up, it's going to be so new, you're not going to recognize it. And I think that's why the word behold in that scripture, when he says, I'm doing a new thing, behold. Yes. You got to behold it. Mm. You got to receive it. So that means you got to be so intentional on looking for it. (laughs) So I can't look at something that feels comfortable or familiar to me because that Mm. ain't new. It ain't new. Mm. The uncomfortable, the unfamiliar, the the thing that I don't know that I have not ever seen before is going to make me uncomfortable. There you go. There you go. (laughs) It is going to be uncomfortable. And I find myself saying that a lot lately. And I'm like, Lord, what are you doing? Like, you want me to recognize and reflect on the fact that this is not comfortable, don't you? You know? (laughs) Because that's the first word that come on, like, this is uncomfortable. Like, well, maybe I'm supposed to be in this place, you know? So, (laughs) but what I love about it, what I love about it as God continues to as you're going through the process and you continue through the process of God actually breaking these strongholds and causing, I mean, like severing them at the, at, he's just, every time they try to pop, he cuts them off from the root of them. Um, is that it keeps you humbled. It does. There's uh, nothing worse than somebody who says I've been delivered, but they're arrogant. It's like, baby, not too long from now, you're going to find yourself back. Yeah. Yeah. Like, come on back. We'll wait. Yeah. We'll wait. We'll be praying and waiting, but you'll right. be back. You know, <laughs> right? <laughs> but it's very humbling because when you are really submitted to God and submitted to the process and submitted to staying whole and healthy, 
You have to be humble because you have to literally be, you're being fed by his hand. You're being led by his hand. You are, you are literally allowing him to guide your life. You're not, no longer am I the captain of this ship. <laughs> you know, right. I am just a, a passenger. I'm just letting God do what God does. And he is the master, Amen. the lover of my soul. He is the lover of my soul. And so I allow him. And that's the, the thing. Um, is, is I call it like a beautiful dance with God. It's a dance we do with God. And it's beautiful spiritually. Mm -hmm. It remind, always reminds me of Song of Solomon. Wow. Yeah. Okay. When you really read that and you really discover, I, t I always, I, I, I lead people to Song of Solomon because I remember the first time um, as I was going through the deliverance process and I was sitting in my home and the Lord had me to go and read Song of Solomon. Then he had me to read John. And he said, this is, these two books are the books that I call, will cause you to fall in love with me. Because you will get, you will get the gist of my heart. Because mm. John writes with such passion. He's not mm. just the average writer, but he's writing with this passion and love for Jesus. And then Song of Solomon tells us about the dance and the love that he has for us. Mm. Even when we go and try to hide ourselves. Mm. Yes, yes. His love is, is definitely a love that you cannot contemplate. It is. It really is. I, I believe like maybe three or four months later, you know, time moving really quick. I was walking through my kitchen. It's like I felt him yeah. grab me like a quick hug. And I said, oh, my God. and it, what what came in my spirit? He was saying, I never left you. I said, oh, my God, he never left. He was there. He was always there. Mm -hmm. I left him, but he never left me. No, no. he had been your father when the you know when your father forsook you, he took you up. He did, yes, he did, because that's what it feels like that type of relationship with him, and like he's still fathering me to become the woman that he's trying to call me to be now. Like you're gonna come out, you're gonna come out of this, you're gonna come out of this. You just stick with me, you follow me. Yeah. And you're going to come out, yeah. you know? Yes. I think that is so awesome. Your journey is awesome. I want us to touch on something real fast, though. So coming out of this and being uh, as God is, you know, healing you and making you whole, I believe you're already there, just me personally. I'm listening. <laughs> and just, um, but so what is your take now on relationships? Are you dating? Are you taking your time? are you where are you at with that because i think that's important a lot of times what happens is that women will go through the process and immediately they try to jump into a relationship and it doesn't work for them right. because they notice that ooh, they either still deal with trust issues or um they have this wall up and they think they didn't have this wall or they're too trusting and they're too thirsty because it's been a while um so where, what is your take? Where are you at? And what advice would you give to the sisters? Wow, that is such a good question. That I'm going to be honest with you because I'm all over the place with that. Uh -huh. and, and what I mean by that is I do question myself, Tanya, are you ready? Because you have so many years of brokenness, uh -huh. so many years of really 
naturally understanding what a healthy relationship looks like. You understand? So I, I have to be so honest with myself with that right now. You know, Tanya, are you healthy enough to be in a relationship right now? What would that be like? I think that is awesome. I think that's the best place to be. Because if you can't be honest with yourself, who else could you be honest with? Yes. I think that's one of the most beautiful places to be. And I think it is a time and a season for women when you're in to date yourself. Mm, Become comfortable with yourself. Become comfortable to the point. I can date. Look, if I want to go to a fancy restaurant here locally, guess what? I don't have to have no date. I can date myself. I can get dressed up, put my makeup on, and tell my children, I see you later. <laughs> Go eat. <laughs> right. Enjoy my own company. Or if you're, you know, I'm a reader, take my book, read, and, and come home and be fine. Right. Fine with knowing that I'm worthy enough. That's right. I'm worthy to go out here and eat at these fine restaurants and I don't have to wait on nobody to come and take me. Mm, that's right. Because I know who I am. That's right. That's I don't right. have to walk around with my head held down. So yeah. it's during those times that, uh, so as a counselor, I had one client and I would push her to do it. Go, this is your homework. <laughs> Friday at six o'clock, this is the restaurant I need you to go to. Go date yourself. Go love on yourself. That's right. Go, you like to listen to music, go turn some music on, get you a bubble bath, get you some candles. That's right. Love, because you are worthy. Yes, that's you right. You are worthy. That's if right. you cannot love yourself, you cannot receive love from nobody else. Not in a good way, not in a healthy way. And then you got to discover how, what is your love language? And is that language healthy? So there's a lot of things. I think so. So at what you're, what you just said, I think you are at the best place during this process you could ever be. Yes. Pouring in. I got to pour in to myself and, you know, just listening to you, you know, what came to me is enjoy and love the creation God has made first. Uh, yes. Yes. You. <laughs> yes. Enjoy him the way he enjoys you. Get to know you and love you the way he loves you. Yes. Receive his love and allow him to pour into you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because my mother used to tell me this growing up. She used to, when I reached my teenage years, and she would say, and as I would date, she would say, you, you, you teach a man how to treat you yes. based upon, number one, how you treat yourself, and then the things that you tolerate. And as a, as a young girl, I didn't understand that, you know, I was just kind of wild, just kind of out there. I was probably wild, just wild, but I didn't understand until I got to be an adult and God began to take me through this very same process. And he said, no one is going to love you unless you love yourself. And they're not going to ever love you as much as you love yourself. You can never teach a person how to treat you if you don't know how to treat yourself. And yes, God told me one day during a mentoring session that I did not love myself. Mm-hmm. You know, and all I could do was cry and say, you know, I didn't know how to. Yeah, but you're learning. 
Yes. Yes. <laughs> love, yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to get too happy and start. <laughs> <laughs> I love stuff like this. This, yes. is, this is so amazing, amazing, amazing. Okay, so do me a favor. Tell everybody where to get your book from again. Both of them. Oh, Amazon. Okay. You can go right to Amazon and, and get the book. Uh, my website has, I know it has one of the books up there. Um, Worthbound, worthbound.com. They can also uh, get the book from there, Eight Habits of a Virtuous Woman. Um, yes. So that's where they can go to get the book. Okay. Good, 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 good. I thank you for joining us. I, I really, really enjoy this conversation. And I know because there are so many women that are right now bound. They're bound by toxic traits, toxic cycles, toxic strongholds, things that, you know, they don't understand how to break free from. They try to, but they find themselves right back in it. And the only solution to breaking anything is, the, is Jesus. Yes. Submitting your life to Jesus. And it doesn't mean that everything is just going to disappear. It just doesn't. Don't think that. Don't think that lie. Because I thought it. And it was food. <laughs> it was food. When I first gave my life to the Lord, I said, Well, Lord, if I would have known this, I might not, I might have stayed out there in the world. <laughs> but it's wow. the truth. Yeah. It's the truth. Yes. Yeah. Because I had surrounded my the Lord surrounded me by very strong people to mm. keep me in the race, to keep me pushing so even when i would fall it was get back up don't you don't you dare water in that mm. up. ask the lord to forgive you and keep it going keep, right. keep going. that's what makes a just man follow uh, but what makes some justice that it gets back up you get yourself back up and mm. get back in the race yes don't let mistake keep you don't let it define you that's right that's right i enjoyed this conversation yes um, yes Thank you again for joining us. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for this episode. Please, please, please go get Tanya's books. It will bless you. Go to Amazon. Go to her um, website. If you are viewing us via Facebook, her links are there. If you are listening via radio, go to the Healing Place podcast found on Facebook, and you will find all of her information there. And until next time, always remember that I am praying for you. Amen. Bye, everyone. Thank you for having me. Thank you.